Two Spirits, One Cauldron is an alternative religious podcast based on research and personal reflection. Everyone's path is their own, and one is no better than the other. Gatekeeping of any kind will not be tolerated. Let it be for the good of all and harm none, so mote it be. Greetings and hello, friends. Welcome back. So I know that if you listened to the previous episode, um, I was talking about uh, my next episode being about Lilith as a thank you and a recognition uh, for Mabon. And I will get to that episode. Um, however, things have been a little crazy, as is life. Um, but I plan on... I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about how, to me, paganism is so important being a trans person and what it has done for me because I feel like that is the most important impact of this entire thing is to try to reach, or not necessarily try to reach, is to give you guys an idea of where I'm at, what standpoint I'm at. My life, for a very long time, was full of negativity, hatred, mistrust, fear, anger. There is a huge portion of my life that although I was a loving and caring person, a majority of my feelings and reactions were dominated by anger. Just pure, raw rage. Now, I did study paganism as a teenager. I actually went out and ordered the, and I made sure it was a 90s copy of the very first book that I read. And it it was very moving, um, very enriching, but I, I think that there was something about, you know, and even though it said, I believe it said that uh, it was optional, something about going into the woods naked. I mean, I don't know about you, listener, but trans or not, the last thing you want to do, if you're super uncomfortable with your body, even if it's in the woods and you're all alone, is to run out there naked. So it did put me off for a little bit, but the book itself gave me a great foundation to really understand what nature-based religions are. So if you're interested in the book, it is, you know... It has his Book of Shadows, well, this one in, in particular, the Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner by Scott Cunningham. That's definitely a recommended read. Um, but one of the main things that I really wanted to talk about, and I was inspired to talk about it because I have been trudging through a lot of, and I wouldn't really say trudging through, I've really been doing a lot more uh, reading based around um, the religion and understanding different versions of it. Um, currently, uh, one of the main uh, authors that I've been reading is a lot of Lori Cabot stuff. Um, if you are not familiar, or you are, um, her uh, section is, uh, you know, the, the Cabot, which is, it's very 
It has a great alignment of science and witchcraft. And together, it makes a lot of, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. And it actually has made a lot of things that came up in my past, even from an early childhood, that kind of make a lot more sense now. But I've also been reading Drawing Down the Moon, which is probably something I should have read a long time ago. But, you know, you come to a point in your life where the calling happens. And if the calling happened and it's where I always knew that this is where I wanted to go, you know, with my spiritual beliefs, I just had to get to a point where I felt comfortable, you know, and the calling did in fact come. And that's why I'm doing so much research now, is, is even more research than what I knew before. I mean, you know, I practiced, you know, borrowed deities from this religion or another, things that really felt that they fit me. But now I'm really, I feel like I'm coming full circle. You know, I'm able to do a lot of things to help myself. And honestly, right now, that is where I am at. I use my spiritual beliefs to help myself. I have done one of the most selfish things that I could ever do for myself, and that was to medically transition. Once you do that, everything else is small in comparison, and it's something that we don't give ourselves credit for. But not to get off topic, this episode is completely unscripted. This is just me talking to you. So with reading uh, Drawing Down the Moon, I'm really, and also heavily reading into you know, like uh, a lot of Lori Cabot's work and uh, items recommended from her reading list, um, I really am beginning to grasp the correlation between psychology and witchcraft, which in the end are basically ability, ways to control the mind and the, the metaphysical speaking, you know, that the spiritual, the paranormal, the parapsychology, pretty much everything is the unseen. And, you know, my biggest question is whether you believe in, you know, multiple deities, whether you, you know, believe in, whether you're Christian, whether you're Buddhist, whether you're Jude Jewish, at some point, the whole basis of it is believing in the unseen. So if you can believe in the unseen of something that has never really been proven, why is it that the ability to work with energy is so beyond us and working with the mind. I mean, honestly, prayer is essence chants or spells. It's the same thing. You're putting that energy out there. No matter what you call it, it is the same thing. My life has significantly changed around my ability to meditate and to slowly begin to reverse my thought process. And it has not been easy. And yes, I do take a form of medication. However, it is not the chemical medications that was given to me over the years. I do take a very 
micro dose of uh, THC usually in the mornings, which, you know, kind of keeps me calm. I don't get as easily agitated. Uh, I find that it's helpful and it's a natural substance, which I, I feel better with. But, you know, I want to I want to shout this out. The most important meditation that I have done, you know, because I've I've studied um, shamanistic medica- meditation being that I do have Native American background, um, it was something that I wanted to look into. And for me, my personal own meditation and journeying and healing, it has been extremely beneficial. Now, this is my personal approach. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone else. But I use that combined with forms of the Crystal Countdown to get into that space to go ahead and do that. The drumming is fine as well. I, I prefer both. Both are fine, you know, but this most recent meditation, and these are ones that I've kind of done with some suggestions and also on my own, being as people who talk about inner child healing aren't of the trans background, you know, and I know that my childhood is much more than me being trans. My childhood was full of despair, and I'm not going to lie, and I will not let someone blame that on who I am now. But for a very long time, because of those circumstances, I was always the victim. And I've always been so angry and so rageful and so mistrusting. What can I do to find the root of this hatred and this fear? Yes, a lot of it has to do with the bullying that I received as a child in school. But it goes back even further. It goes back to the situations that I was surrounded by when I was a child. How I felt helpless and defenseless, and I did not feel safe. You know, I can tell you that there was a time where I was getting ready to be disciplined by my parents, and I said, hey, can't we just talk it out like they do on Webster? The answer came with no, a laughter, and something much more unfortunate. But... This is where I realized I needed to go in my meditations. And I I want to talk to this about it, And I want to suggest it. So what I do, and it has helped me greatly, is I get into a place where I can go into meditation. So relaxing the body, listening to something calm, or, you know, doing the crystal countdown. And I set my intentions beforehand. I'm like, I want to go where I feel most vulnerable. I want to talk to my inner child. So I'm going to give you a rundown of the most recent. It's very personal, but maybe it'll help someone. So I traveled to my safe space. I have a beautiful space, safe space that I have built in my mind's eye and in my imagination where I feel comfortable and I can just go and breathe. So I went to my safe space and I set the intentions that when I went there, I wanted to meet with my inner child. Now I've met with her before and being as I'm trans, my inner child is who I was as a child, which I see myself as a five-year-old little girl with pigtails who's very sad and she's gotten a lot better but the first thing I always do 
is when I see her, I greet her. I tell her how happy I am to see her. And I remind her that she is safe and no one can hurt her and I love her. And no matter what happens, no one will ever hurt her again because I won't allow it to happen. The first time that I did that, even now talking about it, I would come out of my meditation in tears because it is the most important thing that I have ever said to myself in any context whatsoever. I love you. No one's ever going to hurt you again. You are safe. So I started to talk to myself about a few things that had still been bothering me. And I realized that a lot of the anger that I've had over the past couple of years is my guilt surrounding my mother's passing. My mother passed about two years. My mother passed a little over about two years ago. Um, she passed like a week. So we're really close to the two year mark. And I think that may have a lot to do with it. And there have been many times where I have invited my mother to come sit with me in my safe space and talk. And I decided while I was there, I was going to invite my mother in. Now, in the meantime, my inner child was a little frightened because some of my spirit animals had actually showed up and I explained to her what they were and then she was perfectly fine. But I invited my mother. It was a younger version of my mother, uh, my mother who before she had gotten ill and I put the two of them together and they just immediately embraced. And again, this time I said the same thing to my inner child, but also to my mother. I said, this is my safe space. You are welcome here to visit with each other and me anytime that you wish. You are safe here. No one will hurt you. Whatever you can imagine, whatever you'd like to make you happy, you just think about it and it'll appear. But here is a space where you are safe. And that's something that I realized that for a very long time, from birth almost, till the day she passed, my mother never had, was that space where she felt truly safe and loved. I put them together and they embraced and my mother cried and so did my inner child. But I took it one step further because I felt like that's what I needed to do for myself. And I know that some people may be against this type of, even with me bringing my mother in, hoping that I can help her soul heal, is I also invited a young version of my brother to be with us, to be with them, so that they could be that family that we had always dreamt of, that we'd always wanted and deserved, but we never got. So I brought him as well. I invited him as well, his inner child, and I said, you guys are safe here. Obviously, he's going to come and go as he pleases, but I was like, you are safe here as well. This is the time for the three of you to allow yourselves to heal and love each other and know that in this particular space that I've invited you to, you are safe. No one will hurt you.
And in realizing that, I realized that it was time for me to come out of my meditation. Because you don't want to be in it for too long, especially when you're doing things like that. But it's just setting a space where you're allowing yourself to heal. You're telling... So in doing that, to me, is... You know, of course, I came out of the meditation the way that I needed to, and... I still have twinges of rage, but I find that it's easier to slow myself down. And it's also become easier for me to realize that even though a majority of my life I was so angry because I always thought that everyone and everything that everyone did was out to get me and they hated me and they were doing it on purpose to harm me. To realize that a majority of the time like 99.99% of the time, that is not the case. Just because someone dislikes who you are as a person doesn't mean that we have to let them affect us like they have. It doesn't mean that we have to let them break us down. But before we can build those walls to protect ourselves, we have to heal what's inside. And that is what this spirituality has brought to me. It has brought me the ability to heal and truly love myself. So I really wanted to share this with you because I feel like this is important for you to know who I am and why I'm going. I'm doing this show. And it may not be all research like I had planned on. It may very well be things like this if something comes about that I feel like I really need to talk to There's people about. It's here. Please, if this episode has helped you, um, feel free to reach out to me via email at twospiritsonecauldron at gmail.com. Um, if you have any suggestions, if there's a part of the spirituality that has helped you, has affected your life, please feel free to share. Um, if it's something that you might want to like come on and, and talk to me about, I would love that. You know, I, I would really love to understand that you're how you went through this transition and this part of the journey that people don't always think about when they begin a medical transition. When you start your medical transition, the first thing in your mind is, I want to look like the person that I feel like on the inside. But a lot of times it it's hard because we neglect to heal ourselves. The physical changes are not a magical fix. But with new self-confidence, you can gain new self-love. And I hope that that's what you'll find here. And if not, I hope you find it somewhere. You are loved. You are appreciated. Blessed be.